Let's talk pass catchers on this edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Richie Bradshaw and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you guys for tuning in wherever you're getting your podcast hit like and subscribe and turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. Stay in touch with that content by following me on Twitter at RichieBrad36 and the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. We are continuing our series of early camp positional battle breakdowns. I have decided to tie in the tight end battle with the wide receiver battle simply because the tight end battle is really pretty much figured out and there's not as much to discuss compared to the wide receiver spot, which is why we'll go ahead and talk about tight ends here in the first part of the podcast. So like I said, it, it's pretty much figured out, at least for 2023. 2024 will be a whole other question, but we will cross that bridge when we get to it. Right now, we're talking 2023, and 2023 has a very simple tight end one, tight end two, tight end three on the roster. We are looking at Jalen Conyers as the clear-cut tight end one. We're looking at Messiah Swenson as the more than likely tight end two on the roster. And finally, we are looking at Bryce Pierre as, again, the more than probably tight end three on this roster. There's some other guys on the team. Ryan Morgan will be playing the role of kind of the H-back that the Sun Devils have often used recently. And Colby Garvin, a redshirt sophomore, will also be part of the rotation on the team. Between those five guys, that's really just about it. So, you know, I, I feel like I talk about Jalen Conyers a lot, but when I say that, I also feel like I kind of divert away from him because I don't want to spend so much time talking about it. But that's the whole point of this series. So let's talk about Jalen Conyers because I will die on this hill that I believe that Jalen Conyers is going to end up placing as one of the best tight ends in the nation. I think this is a first-team Pac-12 kind of player and I think this is a guy who should be able to finish near the top of the voting in the John Mackey award sweepstakes if you want to call it I'm I'm not I'm not sure but the John Mackey award is handed out to the nation's number one tight end and I'll tell you right now that there are people who are recognizing recognizing Jalen Conyers as a certified stud and from here it's going to be a matter of him continuing to build off of what was a very successful year in 2023. The second half of the season, he exploded. He ended up third on the team in receiving yards, third on the team in reception, second on the team in touchdowns. This dude is just a beast. And he doesn't look like the Kyle Pitts of the world or the Travis Kelsey's of the world. And yet somehow he is just so dynamic of a receiver he feels like a deceptive kind of player 
I feel like you look at Jalen Conyers and you don't sit there and you think to yourself, man, this guy is one of the most athletic players on the field. This guy is one of the best tight ends that we're going to be playing this year. I don't think teams are going to look at Conyers that way based off of just the appearance and maybe maybe the way that he's been used recently. But I can promise you that by the time the game starts going, the teams are going to have to game plan for how to stop Jalen Conyers. I think that in a brand new Kenny Dillingham run system and knowing that Bo Baldwin and Kenny Dillingham are going to want to get all their weapons involved and arguably Jalen Conyers is the best weapon on this offense. He's going to be near the top of the pecking order for those targets and for the overall opportunities in this offense to really get going and be the difference maker and be the face of the offense. There is truly that opportunity that Jalen Conyers is target number one on this team, which is why I wanted to include the tight ends here is it's, it's not just about the receivers that we need to talk about. We need to talk about the pass catchers entirely. And Jalen Conyers might be the number one pass catcher here. Messiah Swinson, I feel like is a guy we shouldn't be sleeping on though. Uh, Conyers at six foot six is a massive man. Uh, Messiah Swinson at six foot eight is ridiculous. That's a power forward that is running around. And with the state of Arizona State Sunnivals basketball and all the transfers that are going in and out of the program, maybe Bobby Hurley should give Messiah a call and see if he can uh, dribble the ball well and maybe be a good perimeter shooter. I don't know. Might might be worth a conversation at least. But in the meantime, he's going to be on the football field. He's going to see significant playing time. I think it's going to be more playing time than he saw a year ago. I'm not saying this is a 40-catch guy. I'm not saying this is a... 500 or 600 receiving yards guy, but I do think that he's going to be uh, quite a bit more involved than maybe some people anticipate. And I think it'll be a step up from last year. As for Bryce Pierre, he really stood out in spring practice. And I think that if he continues to build that momentum into training camp, you're just going to have a hard time keeping him off the field. For a Sun Devils team that could do so many different things, I feel like three tight end personnel shouldn't be out of the realm of possibilities here. I think that when you've got three talented guys at the tight end position like the Sun Devils do with Conyers, Swinson, and Pierre, you just need to find a way to get them involved, get them opportunity, and let them cash out with their talent because all three of these guys are uber talented. I believe that all three of these guys could wind up being really, 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 really important, productive, and impact players for the Sun Devils in 2023. I really like these guys. Like I said, I think that these are going to end up being really good players this year. Guys, I got to talk to you about bird dogs. I'll tell you what, these are the most comforting and versatile pair of shorts I've ever had. And I absolutely love them. It has become my favorite going out shorts. I feel like I can wear these for anything. I can go to the golf course with these and feel comfortable. I can go on a date or I can go out with my friends. Whatever I'm looking to do, I can bring my bird dogs with me. Like I said, they're super comfortable. I think I look better and I feel great wearing my bird dogs. Their stretchy fabric makes my legs look great and they're comfier than my other shorts and pants to the point where I don't want to leave the house with anything else except those. They give me the freedom to wear one pair of pants or shorts on the golf course to a meeting, a date, hanging out with friends. Whatever it is, they're a good fit for you. And I'm not the only one who thinks this. Burt Kreishner 
loves to wear his. Dave Portnoy, the part of my take host, college football nerds, they all love their bird dogs. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on college, enter the promo code locked on college, and they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Guys, get yourself the most comfortable pair of shorts on the market with bird dogs. Birddogs.com slash locked on college. Promo code locked on college to get that free Yeti style tumbler as well. Bird dogs. Thank you guys as always for tuning in. Wherever you're getting your podcast, hit like, subscribe, turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. Speaking of content, we'll be coming back tomorrow to finish up the offensive side of the football for this series with the quarterback battle. And I know that you guys have been waiting for that. So make sure you tune in for the quarterback preview on Friday. Let's take a look at the offensive side or offensive side at the wide receiver pool here. There's a lot. There is a lot of guys here. And I'm going to attempt to break it up. And this is probably going to be a pretty lengthy conversation here because I still want to save the end of the podcast for my overall thoughts. There are 10 guys I'm about to get into, and that's not even every single guy on this roster. So bear with me as we try to do this. Let's stop with the cream. Let's start with the cream of the crop. I have four guys at the top here, four guys that I believe should be getting a lion's share of opportunities compared to the rest of the receivers. This is not a slight to the other guys. This is simply, it makes sense for these four to stand out compared to the others. Starts with the obvious, Elijah Badger. Badger is wide receiver one. It's it's not a competition. He is very, very good. He looks like the best receiver the team has had since Brandon Ayuk. I think that he is going to really, really make a name for himself this year. And if he does take that step forward, I don't know that it's even going to matter who's throwing him the football because I think he is just that good that he can transcend whatever the quarterback is, whatever the quarterback play is. He was almost a thousand yard receiver a year ago with high 800 yards and taking off with two different quarterbacks under center. He's that kind of guy where it's like, just put the football in his zip code. He's going to come down with it. When it, when it comes to who the top dog is, it's between him and Jalen Conyers. Like it's really going to be those two and everybody else. And that's not even a knock to everybody else, because I tell you what, Xavier Guillory, the transfer from Idaho state, if Badger wasn't a wide receiver one, I wouldn't feel too bad about Guillory being my wide receiver one. What he did in spring camp was put on a spectacle, put on a show and really show that his transition from Idaho state football to Arizona state football is not going to be nearly as steep a, a trans uh, translation transition. That's what I'm looking for. Transition is one might think for such different level of competition. And we haven't seen him play real games yet. I understand that, but man, it really looks like Guillory is going to transition just fine. Similarly, the Badger, he's been looking good with whoever's been at the quarterback position between his speed route running and his prowess to just get his hands on the football. This is your number two receiver. I feel pretty good about that. Then we got to talk about my dude, Giovanni Sanders, you know, friend of the podcast and a dude who ended up finishing second last year on the team in receptions and yards is going to be a very prominent figure on this offense. Once again, 
and I feel is like the solidified slot guy. He was able to seize that role a year ago as the slot receiver for the team. I don't know if there's really anyone on here that's going to usurp that position from him unless he just completely falls flat in training camp. And I don't foresee that happening. I see Jordan Tyson as a, or not Jordan Tyson, we'll talk about him in a minute. I see Giovanni Sanders as one of my proven veteran players that is going to be a safety valve for me. I I just, with, with all the guys here, I don't know that he's going to get 40 catches again. But I also wouldn't be surprised if he was a 60 catch guy. He is truly that kind of player where it's like when the play breaks down and these new quarterbacks to the team like Conover, Pine, or Rashada, if they should be starting, will look for that safety valve or Trenton Bourget will look to a guy that he had built some uh, rapport with last year. These are these are the situations that Sanders is going to find himself in, and he's going to thrive in that role. Jordan Tyson, the guy I just mentioned, the transfer from Colorado. First of all, he's going to be potentially the starting special teams guy, and his returning ability is ridiculous. He torched Arizona State last year for five catches over 150 yards and a touchdown through the air. He also had an 85-yard punt return. He is now playing for the good guys. He's no longer playing for Colorado, and he's going to be one of the featured guys as well. What's great about Tyson is he's only a redshirt sophomore, so he's going to hopefully, unless he blows up this year and gets great news for the draft, he should be with the team beyond this year, whereas Badger and Guillory and Sanders could slash will be gone following the 2023 season. But Tyson, nonetheless, is just a big bottle of lightning. And the ability to unleash him and just have him wreck defensive game plans, very exciting. I look at Jordan Tyson as one of those, like, with all the other weapons that you have on offense, with Badger, Guillory, Sanders, Conyers on the field, you get Jordan Tyson out there and it's like, someone's going to be unaccounted for. And if it's Jordan Tyson, then I feel pretty good about the fact that he's about to make a big play. But even beyond those guys, there's so many here. Uh, I, I want to go very quickly through these guys. I don't, I don't want to drag this podcast out too, too long, but it is still worth having conversations about. Mel Constaval, transfer from Colorado State. I think that if anybody is going to give Giovanni Sanders a run for his money at the slot receiver position, it's going to be Stavall. He's a guy who has shown that he can be a volume guy. I am interested to see what he can do at the next level. He reminds me a lot of Cam Johnson, who transferred to us last year before transferring out this year because he wasn't able to get that full-time slot role. I feel like Stavall is very similar in that sense. We'll see what he can do. Uh, he hasn't shown any like true, what's it called, special teams prowess, so he would have to find his way onto the football field. But the good news is he's got he's got a, uh, a resume that shows that he can be a featured part of the offense. I think that this is probably the fifth, maybe the sixth receiver on the team right now, but that's just that is such a testament to the depth here because if it wasn't for all the guys ahead of him, I wouldn't have a problem with Stavall starting, which leads me into the next guy that I wouldn't have a problem starting, and that's Troy Omer. Omer is so interesting to me. There's so much raw talent and potential here. 
And if he can seize it and put everything together, he could be pound for pound the most talented receiver on this roster. I truly believe that. Now, with that in mind, I am very hesitant to say that. If you can't hear it in my voice, I will confirm for you. I am hesitant to call Omer the most talented receiver on the Sun Devils roster right now. But I do think that there's just about everything there that if he can just put it all together and develop properly, he's going to be unstoppable. And the great news is he's working with Rashad Samples, who might be a wide receiver whisperer. I think that this is a year to kind of put Omer behind behind the scenes and develop him and get him ready for next year where there should be more opportunity. But don't be surprised if this is a guy who just dominates practice consistently that he gets onto the football field. Redshirt senior Andre Johnson is not a guy who should be slept on either. He's been with the team the entirety of his college career. He has shown some big playability. He's a big dude at six foot three. He can fly down the field. There, there just hasn't been enough consistency of putting games together on a weekly basis or even just the routes or the catches just aren't consistent. The, the splash plays are there. And when he's on, he's on, man. He is incredibly difficult to stop. I love Andre Johnson for the potential. We'll see what he can do. Uh, Jake Smith, transfer, former four-star kid. Uh, USC and Texas transfer for Arizona State. It's a Valley kid. We'll see what he can do. I, I feel like with all the talent, he's just going to unfortunately be buried here. But we'll wait and see. He was a former four-star prospect for a reason. He's got the he's got the athletic build. He's got the talent to be a contributor on the team. We'll just wait and see what ends up materializing here. I want to talk very quickly about the freshman Caleb Black and Corbin Hendricks, who are probably going to be taking their time to develop just because of all the ridiculous amount of talent that is ahead of them right now. Look forward to them for 2024, but I just don't know how much we'll see them this year. Uh, Chad Johnson Jr. has actually become more of like a scouting role for the team from my understanding. So that's why I didn't mention him. There's other guys on the roster too. Like there's, there's a ridiculous amount of receivers that I just don't have enough time to delve into every single one of them. But the bottom line here is this wide receiver position, very deep. Guys, make sure that you're tuning in tomorrow as I break down the quarterback position battle with Jacob Conover, Jaden Rashada, Trenton Bourget, Drew Pine. Make sure you tune in as I break all of that down. We talk about strengths and weaknesses, all that good stuff. Locked on Sun Devils. All right. Final thoughts here. I don't think it's going to matter who the quarterback is. There is just too much talent here for any of these quarterbacks to fail. If you if you have a quarterback who's not able to hold up his end of the bargain with the ridiculous amount of talent that's here, that's on them. I don't foresee very many of these guys not working out. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that every single one of these guys is going to be a certified stud. That's just not the way it works. But I will tell you, that majority of these guys are going to be good. So from there, it's going to be up to the quarterbacks to be able to get the most out of these guys, place themselves in situations to get the most out of them, be able to produce, be able to establish chemistry, be able to win football games. There's no shortage of talent here. 
There is no shortage of playmaking ability. And the bottom line here is that this pass catching group, the wide receiver room and the tight end room, it looks like one of the best groups that the Sun Devils have ever had. I can't speak for the 90s, 80s, 70s, 60s, however far back you want to go. I can't even truly speak for the 2000s because I was just so young and naive to Sun Devils football. But I can tell you that in the about 13 years that I've been like truly dialed in to Sun Devils football, I think this is the most talented group we've ever seen. And there is a lot of unknowns here. There's a lot of transfers. There's there's a lot of weight that's hinging on the quarterback play. And, of course, it's new coaching. It's Rashawn Samples, the receivers coach. It's Bo Baldwin and Kenny Dillingham as the offensive coordinator and head coach, respectively. There's a lot that's going to be needed to sort out here before we can figure out if this is going to be a great group or if this is going to be a group that needs time to develop. We'll wait and see, but it's it is impossible to not look at this group and get excited. There's a lot to love here for Sun Devils pass catchers, both the wide receivers and the tight ends. There's a lot of guys here who are going to be very good for the Sun Devils who could stand out in the conference and who knows, maybe stand out across the nation. But what do you guys think of this patch catching crew? Pass catching crew. Do you like the tight ends more or do you like the receivers more? Who's your top receivers right now? What do you think of Jalen Conyers? What do you think of the rest of the guys? Let me know wherever you're getting your podcast. If it's on YouTube, leave a comment. If it's anywhere else, you can hit me up on Twitter at RichieBrad36 or the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. Before we wrap up, guys, get ready for an off-season schedule where we will be going down to three episodes a week. That is not happening until June rolls around. But that is going to be in the future. We'll be going down to three episodes a week. We will also be having some new graphics and some new additions to the show. So make sure that you stick around because Locked on Sun Devils is about to get an upgrade, baby. And I can't wait to show you guys. But thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. Remember, wherever you're getting your podcast, to hit like, subscribe, and turn on notifications. Forgot to shout you guys out at the top of the video, so I'll make sure I'll shout you guys out right now. Thank you to the everydayers that are here every single day and if you want to be an everydayer then turn on those notifications until next time though you keep it locked right here on locked on sunday